little Debbie Deb on this fine Friday. It's a long weekend too, A.B. I kind of forgot about that in honor of our dear friend Andy Petrillo on this fine day. Leaf's Lunch is brought yes. to you by 2for1pizza.com. Try 2for1pizza's new goat pizza with goat cheese and mozzarella, crispy bacon strips, and red onion finished with their delicious balsamic glaze. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Okay, Jim Ralph will join us in a moment. Tessa Banam a little bit later to help us tee up the Habs versus Leafs game on Saturday night. But some updates coming out of practice right now, A.B. Yes, first of all, shout out to Lori Thompson who uh, requested the Debbie Deb for us. So oh, nice. You you ask and you shall receive. I was in a good mood today, so I was like, yeah, let's get some Debbie Deb to go into uh, the final hour of the week. And I think it, it kicked off the show pretty well. Um, so shout out to you, Lori. Thank you, because now I'm in a good mood. Uh, yes, yeah, some practice updates today. Um, so Samsonov was not present, so we... we Saw just as we were getting on the show that uh, it was tweeted out that Ilya Samsonov wasn't present, and I guess he did not get there at some point. I- I'm I'm going to go on a limb and, and like I'm not worried about this. Like it very well could just be a, a rest day for him, and they just didn't want to get him out there. Like he's played a lot of hockey recently, and um, I know they've kind of just been off for a little bit, but maybe it was a scheduled rest day for him. So Joe Wall was. Considered the goaltender today at practice. I wonder if that does mean that they could be going with Wall in the game tomorrow, or maybe they've given Samsonov the night off because he's going to be the goaltender. Like, how do you do? You read anything into Samsonov not being at practice today? Like, I, I don't know. Um. Well, to be honest, the only thing that like makes me raise an eyebrow at it is the fact that they had an off day yesterday. Right, and they have played like three games in the month of February. Yeah. So if he'd been playing, it he played a lot earlier like ahead of the all-star break but the the fact that they had a day off yesterday is a little weird to me if i'm yeah. being honest well i'm sure the next uh within this next hour i believe keith will be speaking and we'll get uh we'll, we'll probably get an understanding of what the status is there so we'll keep you updated on the samsonov situation um yeah. not panicking quite yet if it turns out there's a situation there well now all of a sudden there's uh, a different conversation to be had are you a other... little sad about this? Oh, I'm, we're about to say the same thing. Go we ahead, King. Are. Rattle the... it off. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference in the lineup from uh, Wednesday is uh, looks like Justin Hall will check back into the game as uh, he is currently on a third pair with Sandine and Timmins skated as an extra today. So it appears that, uh, yeah, it looks like Sheldon Keefe didn't take anything out of the game against Chicago for Timmins. Because he's putting Hall right back in there, and and I, I, I did expect when Hall came back in to be inserted onto the third pair. I did expect that to happen. So and he's probably more properly slotted there. Plus, I think I want to give Lilligren a run in the top four and see if he can do that. So, I mean, if this is probably if they don't make a move at the deadline to improve the blue line, this is probably the blue line that you're looking at come game one of the playoffs. Yeah, Riley, are, are, Riley Brody, Gio Lilligren, Sandine Hall. How, how do you feel about that? Like I, I, I think it's like, Are you it's sad possible. about Connor Timmons not getting another sniff? Like I, I, it feels like um, like I heard Jonas on on the Leaf Report say this morning. He does not think our buddy Jonas Siegel does not think that Connor Timmons will be a part of this this lineup, the equation for this lineup in the playoffs. Do you agree with that? Uh, fully healthy? Probably not. Yeah, I, I also agree yeah. with that. Like, like who's he going to play over? I know, that's what I'm just thinking. Like, I, sometimes I think he might 
<laughs> play overhaul, but I, I feel like that's you gotta say something like that. You gotta say more confidence, Julia. I can't, you can't say it with more, say confidence. more confidence. But I, I feel sometimes that way. That sometimes I prefer Timmons overhaul. Why? But that Why just feels feel like egregious. That? Well, it feels like he has maybe more upside. I, I mean, the thing is, like, you need if you're not gonna do anything at the deadline, like if you don't bring in that Jake Muzzin replacement, you kind of need Hall in the lineup. Like yeah. he, he at least like he plays heavy penalty kill minutes. He plays that. Like, he's not a rugged defenseman, but he's at least a big body back there, and he does make the attempt to clear out guys in front of the net most nights. Like, I'm not just not sure exactly if, if Connor Timmons is going he's to do that for you. He's not a rugged defenseman, like he's, but he's that's our what I mean. Justin Hall. Yeah, I know what you mean. Let, let's see what Jim Ralph thinks. Uh, is he on the phone right now? Oh, sorry, I see him talking to Nick. We'll bring him up and bring him in in a second and see what he thinks. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just the principle of it, AB, the fact that Connor Timmons has what? Uh, I don't want to rattle it off when I don't know the numbers exactly, but it seems like every time he's in, he puts up a point or a goal. So he's it's, got it's, 13 points in 19 games with the Leafs. Here's the question. Did did he give Sheldon Keefe a reason on Wednesday night? No, he didn't. He did Same. not give him a reason. So, so that's what's a little bit peculiar, peculiar to me. And with that, let's bring in Jim Ralph, uh, our TSN 1050 Leafs color analyst. And, and Jim, we're just talking about uh, the Leafs blue line, and we're looking at the practice lineups, and it looks like Sheldon Keefe has elected to put Justin, Justin Hall back in, in in favor of Connor Timmons. What are your thoughts there? Connor Timmons is kind of an interesting character to me. They just re-signed him, and he's part of their future plans, obviously, but but he's just like starting to be kind of an NHL player again. And yet every time he gets into the lineup, he puts up points. So he's kind of just an interesting situation to me right now. Yeah, I mean, you certainly couldn't ask anything more from him when he's been in. Um, but I think it does uh, – I think one of the reasons you put him in is you don't want anybody sitting out that long. Um, I think you've – if you have depth, that's great, but you've got to keep everybody involved and and ready to go. So I, I think it's unfortunately one of those things that whether he was whether he scored or whether he was minus four, it was probably going to be you know that one game to decide him in and get him going. But um, you never know. And two weeks from now, he could be a regular. So as we look at the practice lines today, Jim, we've got Riley Brody, Gio Lilligren, and Sandine Hall. If they don't make an addition at the deadline, one would presume that this is probably what you're looking at in terms of your top six guys heading into the playoffs. Is this a group that you feel comfortable with heading into uh, heading into the playoffs with Stanley Cup aspirations? Yeah, I mean, I think every everybody, Mikey, looks for the same thing at the deadline, which is, you know, if you can get a top six forward or you can get depth on the blue line or add toughness or character, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think you're going to make a deal uh, to get a top four guy, you know, unless you think uh, you can somehow get the Chikrin out of Arizona. But it's um, – so I, I think especially the top four, you're going to have to say this is, this is probably what you're going to get, barring some sort of blockbuster deal somewhere. And, you know, maybe add uh, a Zach Bogosian type, a Roman Polak type, uh, is a depth guy, but um, I, I don't know if you're you're going to get that that stud in a in a trade, and um, that includes somebody like William Carlson or uh, Eric Carlson as well. So I think I think you've got to be comfortable with it and and be happy with the fact that overall, as a five man unit, this team seems to be better than they were last year. 
with Jim Ralph right now, TSN 1050 Leafs color analyst. Uh, we haven't heard you, we haven't talked to you rather, since we heard Kyle Dubas talk last week ahead of the trade deadline. The only position he said he wasn't interested in upgrading was between the pipes, goaltenders. Matt Murray still out with that ankle injury. We saw him getting some work in ahead of practice today. Samsonov also curiously not at practice today and we're waiting patiently to hear from Sheldon Keefe on that but were you what was your initial thought when you heard Kyle Dubas say that he wasn't at all looking at the goaltending position it seems it seems uh like they should be comfortable with the duo that they have but but injuries make things uh, a little dicey yeah you know I'd like to see Joe I'd like to see Joe Wall maybe get a few more starts um and and see if he can you know sort of take that next step um, unfortunately, they weren't very good in front of him, giving up 40 shots and the, uh, the amount of scoring chances against Columbus in the start that he got. Um, so he'd be one guy that I, you know, I think when Kyle Dubas is assessing that, I think Joseph Wall comes into that as, as a big part of the picture. And, um, you know, we'll see if he can get a few more games in before Matt Murray comes back. But, but again, I, I think you look around the league and you say, okay, what's available? And, and what would be considered a substantial upgrade? And, and again, um, you know, the, the Leafs aren't the only team, uh, you know, that's, that might be playoff bound that is um, maybe have some question marks and goals. So it's, um, you know, like, like I said, I'd, I'd like to see more from Joe Wall before you said, you know what, do you, you need to get some more depth or something. I, I, obviously, you're not going to trade for a starter anywhere. And, and obviously, if you get Tampa in the first round, I don't care who you get. You've got the second best goal in a playoff series. So. Um, I can see why Cal Dubas has, um, you know, steered away from the conversation of, of adding anyone between the pipes. Well, I almost wonder if, too, he looks at it and he's liked what he's seen out of Ilya Samsonov enough to say, regardless, like, I mean, if, if he gets injured, the team might be screwed anyways. But assuming, like, Ilya Samsonov could play a seven-game series, he feels comfortable that this guy, he can get it done, and you just really hold the rosary beads and pray that he does stay healthy. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think it's positive with, with Murray being out and Samsonov getting a string of games um, because sort of my, my worry when you start going with the two-goalie system, um, you know, which is, I think, what the thought was at the start of the season that they pretty much split it is that now you've got to force a guy to play every second night um, in a playoff series or hope he can play every second night when he hasn't done it all season. So, um, you know, I like the fact that maybe the silver lining in the cloud was that, the you know, Samson has emerged as a guy that, that could possibly, you know, be a, down the road a 50-60 game guy. Now, of course, he's an unrestricted free agent after the season, but at least um, it was an opportunity to see that he could – he could run with it with uh, with multiple stars, consecutive starts. With Jim Ralph right now, uh, color analyst for the Leafs on TSN 1050 and, and trade deadline coming in hot March 3rd, Jim. What are your thoughts on the spot the Leafs need to improve the most ahead of the deadline? We haven't heard your take on it on this show yet. Uh, I mean, if, if you could ever get a top six forward, you know, whether it's to plug in with, uh, with Marner and Tavares or um, you know, somebody to uh, to make that splash. Although, you know, having conversations with other people, you try to come up with those big name splashes of the trade deadline that have worked over the years, um, yeah. as far as delivering a championship. And and I mean, you can go from Jerome McGinley to Yarmer Yager to Rick Nash to there's so many guys that you thought were you know going to be significant moves and, and haven't resulted in championships. So, 
Um, I do think that is, you know, one thing where, you know, sometimes it's that Nick Paul trade that adds, um, you know, a little bit of scoring in the third line and, and some character and a guy that's going to battle. So, it, uh, you know, it'd be great to get a top six guy, but, um, you know, you, you might be looking more to get a, a character guy and, and somebody that's going to embrace whatever role you give them, whether it's on the third or fourth line. Well, at least an interesting conversation that Julian and I were having ahead of the show today, talking about the the depth on the team and, and whether or not we felt that the team's depth was better this season or last season. How would you look at it and compare the two? Uh, I, I would say I like the third line, Mikey, better than we said. I, I thought they had some really good strikes when it was Camp, Bangwell, and Kerfoot on the third line, um, You know where they generated some scoring opportunities. Not a lot of finish. But um, you know, played a lot of heavy minutes in the offensive zone, which is what I think you're you're looking for. I'd, I'd say right now the fourth line is the one um, where there you still feel there might be a piece um, missing, and you know it sounds like that might be the easiest position to train for. But um, you know, to find that uh, consistency uh, when you get into the postseason, I think is important. Holmberg, I, I'd really like centering the fourth line, but uh, there's there seems to be you know, through injuries and everything else, so kind of a, a revolving audition for, for who the winners are going to be in the fourth line. Aston Reese has had some good moments, but boy, we've seen a lot of guys try out and nothing's really stuck. Is there a certain type of player you think that would work best on the fourth line, whether that's one of these, uh, Julia likes to call them the dudes, the the McMahons, the Anderson, Zach Aston Reese, maybe even... Matthew Nyes can come in and fill a role like that, but is there a, a certain like prototype of a player you think that the Maple Leafs could kind of target and and put uh, on that fourth line to to have some success? Well, how's Corey Perry sound? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, well, <laughs> except he always loses in the final. It's it's bad juju. I don't know. What do you mean? You want to stay with that? <laughs> But, but yeah, Julia, we certainly take a trip to the finals to find out, though, wouldn't we? <laughs> That's true. There's just so many curses on the Leafs. I don't know if they need another one right now. <laughs> In conversation with Jim Ralph. Um, Jim, I'm curious uh, to get your thoughts on Morgan Riley, currently on a five-game point streak. How big of a boost is this for the Maple Leafs now that he's kind of getting his game back in order down the stretch here after a so-so first half? Yeah, I think it's good. And, I mean, you know, the Leafs got so much credit with how well they played defensively with with all the injuries, not only Riley, but, um, you know, T.J. Brody and losing Jake Muzzin early on. Um, And then, you know, we talked about that eventually uh, you're going to get everybody back and there's going to be a little uh, slip in their play, which there was. And, unfortunately, Riley uh, unjustly took a lot of heat for that. But I think, uh, you know, especially in the power play, Mikey, I think if uh, if you can get that confidence going offensively for Morgan Riley and and um, you know and I think the the power play is going to reap uh, huge rewards from it. But you know he's he's one of your top defensemen and um, you know he's going to be as important as anybody else going forward. Yeah, the power play is kind of interesting to me because it's one thing that we we always sing about during the season and it always has a couple little dips and we all hold our breath and get worried. And then the past couple years in the playoffs, it's kind of gone quiet. Do do you have concerns about that potentially happening this this postseason again? And is there anything the Leafs could do to avoid that right now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's funny when you watch Tampa or you watch Boston or Colorado in the power play and you go, man, how do they find the seams so easily, you know? 
And, um, you know, the Leafs don't seem to be quite uh, at that level, you know, despite the talent that they've got up front. But it's, um, you know, it's like anything else. You know, you get into the postseason and, and checking's tighter and, you know, you go back to game one against Tampa last year. They've got a, a five-minute power play to start the game and, and unable to cash in on So I'm, I'm not too concerned, Julie, that the numbers drop a little bit in the postseason, um, although you'd like to see it maybe a little bit better in a game seven than we've seen it over yes. the years. Yeah, that's definitely been uh, a big problem of late. Hey, Ralphie, I uh, I actually am going to be – I heard that you emceed Darren Pang's wedding once upon a time. Panger was sharing that story on uh, on Overdrive, and I'm going to have to get some tips from you because I'm, I'll be emceeing the Grappler's wedding in May, actually, I believe. Oh, I what, didn't know uh, that. You got – yeah, this is actually new information. This is I didn't realize you got news. the call. Breaking news. <laughs> A couple news. of days ago. Somewhat breaking news. What's, uh, what advice would you give to, to someone when it comes to emceeing a wedding? Well, first of all, uh, I think I signed something for Darren Pang when he was a teenager, so I don't, I don't recall ever going to his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. He said that you guys are talking. No, oh, no, I know. No, we, Pang and I have known each other for oh, way too many years. The uh, and, and it was actually that was sort of one of my first speaking gigs was his wedding. I think Steve Eiserman was the best man. They had a pretty good, uh, pretty good list of guys for um, you know a diminutive goaltender that was uh, getting married <laughs> in Ottawa. But the uh, yeah, I, if you want to get out of it, just ask what's in the budget. What's in the budget? It's like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I, I've got a large fee. It's a speaking fee. Yeah. No, I'm excited I mean. for it. Yeah, if you want to get out of it, just throw that line in. Just say you're happy I'm to a- do it, but what's in the budget? And then find <laughs> out what the band, find out what the DJ's getting too. Uh, all right, I'll uh, write writing that down now. What's in the budget? All right, Ralphie, appreciate <laughs> it uh, as always. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. All right, thanks, Mikey. Thanks, Julia. All right, there he goes. Jimmy Ralph, always a great character, that guy. Yeah, there's, seriously. Th- there's I didn't nobody. You got the MC call? Yeah, it's a couple days news. ago called me. Yeah. But we Jimmy... talked for like eight hours a day, and I didn't hear this information. Literally, I think like yesterday or the day before. So like, this is very, very new news. But um, there's nobody who loves a good stop and chat up in the press box more than Jim Ralph. Let me tell oh, you yeah? that. I walk in there, and right away, it's like, hey, Mikey, Bo, and like just right away, we get into a full-blown 25-minute stop and chat before I even get to my seat. It's just me and Ralphie catch up, what's going on in the world, what do we think is happening. Like, I don't think there's anybody else that I've had more conversation with up in that press box than one Jim Ralph. That is awesome. You love a good yeah. stop. I like the Mikey, too. There's not that many people that get, give you the Mikey. Yeah, he's one of the very few where I do get the Mikey. Uh, I, I do get that. Producer Nick, he's known me for a long time. He'll he'll shoot me a Mikey every now and then. I yeah. The problem with Mike, like, do you remember the show Recess? Yes. So Mikey, Who's Mikey I, on Recess. He was the the big fella, the big blonde fella, and that's oh, you don't why, look like anything like this guy. No, I don't look like him, but it's like Mikey, and like that's what I always associated with. Is like, is it because I'm a large fella that you gotta call me Mikey here? Come oh on my now. gosh, you're Come so funny! Now. I don't, I don't remember this character that much, and I really liked that show. Really? Oh, he was like one of the main characters. Yeah, like he's part of the show. group here. Yeah, I was. Uh, I remember every day getting home from school, watching that. I think it was like you know, 
450, I think it was on at, on the ye old Disney Channel or the Family Channel back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, us peasants with the Family Channel. We got all the Disney shows. I want a Disney Channel so bad. Speaking of, actually, do you see that they're coming out with a new like Life with Derek spinoff movie? With, no. Like, the kid? Yeah, like Derek's son. Anyways, that is weird. Off topic. Yeah, no, I saw it. It's been all over TikTok. Just, like, pr- promoting the show and whatnot. Interesting. So. Life with Derek, kind of weird in retrospect. Like, they were step-siblings, and they definitely, like, had a weird thing going. <laughs> there was something <laughs> weird going on there. It, it was very <laughs> weird. The the um, the actress, though, of, of Casey was interesting. I uh, I served her once when I was, I was no. at the casino. Yeah, no, I served her. You so buried that lead. Are they Canadian? Uh, I believe so. Like, it's a Canadian show. Yeah, like, even like use, it's a like, family Canadian channel money. show, isn't it? Yeah. Not yeah. a Disney one? Yeah. yeah. Like, even, like, when they were exchanging money in the show, like, it was Canadian colorful money as props. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, like, American props. Like, they lived in, like, Windsor was their, the hometown of, of the show, I believe. Windsor? Uh, it's been when a long I was, time. Like, <laughs> that's so funny, if that's the case. Because Windsor, when I was growing up in Thunder Bay, might as well have been, like, anywhere in America. Like, I wouldn't have identified Windsor as even Canadian as a child, which is so sad. Yeah, I don't know if I went to Windsor a whole lot. I've been there a couple times. I went to, uh, actually, I went to a Spitfires game. I had a buddy work for the team, so I went and I watched the Spitties play. That was back when Nick Suzuki was a prospect with them. Uh, this is the first time I laid my eyes on Nick Suzuki, and I said, that's a good player. Yeah, I like that he's pretty guy. good. This... Him and uh, was Petrus Palmu. Was that uh, is that the name of? It was uh, like a little Finnish guy. He was so skilled. I think he was like a six round draft pick in the NHL, but never. I don't think he crossed the pond and had much success. Yeah. Um, but those two together, I remember in junior, were just electric, electric That's players. Awesome. Yeah. I'm having an extremely Julia moment right now. I was trying to remember the girl character from Derek, Life with Derek. So I put in, then I found her name. It's Casey McDonald. I couldn't figure Mm -hmm. out her last name, though. So I Googled Casey McDonald, expecting to see a whole bunch of information on Life with Derek. Is it Ashley Leggett? That's her her actual name, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm like on the Elite Prospects page of some Casey McDonald that currently plays in the NCAA, assistant captain (laughs) of the Fargo Fort. Like, that's that's where my computer takes me, so. Shout out to my computer for knowing me, at least. <laughs> my yep. 90% of my Google searches that wind up on Elite Prospects are Hockey TV. The, uh, when we did the Love is Blind thing a couple of days ago, the amount of rabbit holes I found myself in, like, I, I have so much information on players that I should not have anymore. I know. Uh, I'm so bad at research sometimes. Like tonight, I've got the Sarnia Sting and the London Knights, and I get on one player. But that, and I write down a little note. All I really need is a couple notes on on each player, so because I'm hosting, right? So I just pass along a few interesting nuggets on on each tidbit and let Craig and Carlo do all the really in depth analysis. However, my tendency to fall down a rabbit hole when I get to one player and I'm like, wait, they played on this team, and then I click on the roster and I'm like, whoa, 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 they were on this team and they won this many playoff games, and then I'm like, wait a second, now I'm down the hole on the Sarnia Sting from 2005. But I have yeah. yet to get the second player on my list that I need yep. to research. Like, it is a really slippery slope that you can go down. Oh, yeah. uh, like, my elite prospect rabbit holes might be worse than my YouTube rabbit holes. So I realized recently, though, that elite prospects, you don't have to, like, pay to do multiple streams. I know. It's was... so rude. I just started paying for it and with great disdain. However, <laughs> it does open up a lot of... Um, 
Like, you get to see all the player connections. It does have some cool features once you actually pay for it. And it's funny that you say that, because, AB, I'm not joking, in the last two weeks, I've pulled the trigger and been like, ugh. Because I got the, for the first time ever in my life, I got that you've visited this page too many times. So that's what happened to me when I was doing the Leafs Love is Blind thing. When, again, I ended up going down every rabbit hole, opened up a billion different pages, and then it's like, you've reached your limit. And I'm like, when did this ah! become a thing on Elite Prospects? Right? I was <laughs> yeah. so jarred by it. Yeah, yeah, so I had to start paying for it, and I'm not that mad about it. Ooh, we've got a little uh, updates on uh, yeah. on Ilya Samsonov. And, and well, his... why, don't, why don't we take a break, and then cool. we get an update on the other side. So there is Let's an update. Sheldon Keefe has spoke, and uh, we'll tell you about that on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tasheri. we got Tessa Padum coming up next as well uh, here on Leafs Lunch. You're listening to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050.